Welcome to Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. This is episode five, or this is episode six. Um, I am your host, J.M. Prater, and I am joined by... Ryan, it's good to be back. I missed hearing the sound of my own voice on these podcasts, so, <laughs> so I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and Patrick, who uh, has not missed hearing the sound of my own voice, <laughs> but uh, I, I've, I've uh, been inspired by the sound of Ryan's voice, and I picked up his microphone, so... <laughs> So today we are discussing a couple of things. This is a, another episode that we're dropping pretty quickly, but there's a lot of momentum behind 2049. There's a lot of talk about what's going on. A lot of uh, people are dropping their op- op- opinions and feelings about what they've seen. There is a there is an embargo on full reviews until Monday. So we're all good until Monday, folks. I'm serious. After Monday, I don't know how much I'm going to... I can't help but read stuff. <laughs> right. I know. It's um, going to... It's getting increasingly difficult yeah. to cut ourselves off from this. But I'm going to. I, I'm going to hold hold my ground. I'm not going to read any in-depth review. I want to be surprised. I only know what I know from the trailers. But uh, so, that being said, we're going to discuss Blackout, which was the third and final install, in, installment of the like short films, which lead up to 2049. And this is a, a film, mm-hmm. um, an anime film. And the director is the director of Cowboy Bebop. Um, and I can't, what's his name again? I hate butchering these names. It's, uh, Wat- Watanabe, right? Wat- Watanabe, yeah. yeah. So. And, uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into that. And then, uh, our next segment for this episode is going to be discussing people's reaction. What, what, what we think, how we're feeling. I saw Blackout. The first, I've seen it twice now. The first time I was like, eh, all right, it was interesting. It was well made. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And it, it mm. was a little bit more profound. Um, but uh, I'll get into my opinions of, about what I've seen and the, the, the content in the form. What did you think of it, Ryan? I loved it, actually. I, um, right from the beginning, especially the beginning, I was just um, immediately hooked in. It reminded me a lot of, uh, I don't know if either of you have seen the Animatrix. Um, yes. But uh, yeah. there was the uh, the prequel. Um, there was like a two-part prequel anime in that, and it really reminded me a lot of, um, of the beginning of that because uh, there was this sort of like lynching and beating of uh, the machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, they have very similar, um, very similar opening where, you know, replicants are getting hanged and beaten and the second killed. Renaissance. And, yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's what it's called. And I just, uh, immediately it was, um, it was pretty, uh, it, it got me hooked in right away. It was pretty jarring, um, watching it. And, uh, I was like, this is, uh, I was really, it really moved me, um, in a way. And I was, uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I don't, I don't know if it was, um, maybe not quite as cerebral as the other two, but it was very, uh, I, I still, I think I enjoyed it the most out of the three. Um, and it gives you a good background on, you know, when I looked in the trailers for 2049, you see that city that's kind of just dead. 
Um, yeah. Kind of gives you a uh, gives you a reason why um, uh, the the background for that. So it was uh, it was really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I, uh, I so I was struck by the quality of the animation. I say this as somebody who is not an anime person. Um, not not by not because I don't like anime. I'm just something to. So maybe it always looks as good, but I, I feel like it kind of doesn't because I was like blown away by the quality of like the compositing and the, the digital renderings for the vehicles that are moving in like three dimensional space mm-hmm. and the color the colors like even even when they were re- especially during the introductory titles when they were essentially frame for frame eating the visuals for blade runner i mean it looked just amazingly good i was i was really impressed with that so um mm-hmm. not not necessarily a storytelling um commentary but something i was just so struck by was just the, the visual quality of it um and Something else that I was, I was thinking as I was watching it, I was like, how cool is it that, you know, Blade Runner has existed as its own little thing for so long. You know, there have been video games and obviously there was the book that it was based on, but it, it's, it was a very self-contained, small, tight little world for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, we're getting all of these um, expanded things that are just bringing the story in such a... Uh, such interesting new directions, both in terms of like the time that's transpiring and in terms of the themes that they're exploring and even just the aesthetics that, it, that it, they're using. I mean, it's like we're, we are seeing this be going from this film to a saga and it's happening like right before our eyes week by week. We're seeing the story expand mm-hmm. and 2049 comes out. It's going to be I mean, we will never again think of Blade Runner as just the original film, mm-hmm. you know pretty cool like it's a minor point but it's something that I'm, I'm really seeing the results of especially now with this anime that's very different and um and very interesting and also temporarily very close to the first movie right it's only three hours three years later three hours three years later um it's just it's really cool seeing a different take on it that brings the story forward in the future up to the movie that's about to come out to be so cold it's okay this is what you're made for (laughs) (laughs) what the hell are you doing and this is what i was made for It's it's fascinating to be immersed in that world again, um, because obviously it looks to to be in that world, a world that we're familiar with aesthetically, uh, atmospherically, um, but yet to have this other story kind of unfolding in it, it's jarring in some ways because we're used to certain rhythms, we're used to certain lines coming at certain times, and we're familiar with kind of the rhythm of the scene. And so now we're thrust into that scene um, with Blackout and we're in this gorgeous world that uh, Watanabe and his crew developed for this, you know, I think it's like 12, 13 minute short. Yeah. Uh, And 15 minutes with credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And to, to, to not be able to predict what we're going to see next is, is very interesting. It's very exciting. I, like I said, the first time I watched it, I, I just was like, oh, okay. It didn't really resonate with me. I didn't think it was bad. I just, 
like for me, I'm more, I'm more of a kind of philosophical pondering type guy. So it, the first, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he um, says, <laughs> dipping his pipe, Doctor Prater. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but like the, the, the first one for me was the most impactful in terms of Neander Wallace and his speech and kind of his kind of waxing poetic about whatever, whatever. I, in terms yeah. of in terms of the uh, what do you call it? The, the narr- not narration, but uh, the dialogue. I could really connect with it and kind of play off of it. Um, where this one was far more about world building and kind of this is what happened before they're setting it up. What happened? Um, before we go see 2049. Um, yeah. When I saw it the second time, um, it resonated with me even more, and I picked up some things. For instance, like Iggy, who is... There are two replicants, kind of the main replicants. There's Trixie, and then there's Iggy. And Iggy's driving a, a spinner, and he has a coat on that looks like Officer K's coat. Or It does look like Officer K's coat. So I almost think he's a Blade Runner, but he, and he's driving a spinner. Like, what is he? What, what's his role? What does he do? I don't think we even yeah. are told. So it throws me off a little bit. And then you discover in this short that there's this war happening. And uh, the discovery is that both sides are replicants. Um, right. And this was, uh, and so I was like, wow, that's interesting. And of course, these, I think, are clues to 2049 and what we might be seeing. And then we see Sapper um, and on a screen with one of those head things on, like you see in the original film. Um, so there's a lot to really dissect and discuss. Um, yeah. And just to kind of bring with you in terms of uh, knowledge into 2049. So I, I'm, I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't like that song at the end. I thought that song was way too over the top and way too on the nose. Like <laughs> I'm not human or whatever. Some bullshit. <laughs> I just was like, come on, don't ruin it with this shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you notice the typeface um, that they used for basically everything it was Gaudi old style, which is the typeface that they used for the uh, the exposition at the beginning of the original Blade Runner film. Yes, right. yes. And I remember that because it's such a strange choice because it's this mm-hmm. futuristic sci-fi movie, but they're using this font from literally the nineteen fifteen. It's from a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, that always really stuck out to me, and I think it was interesting that they put it in here. Also, that they chose to italicize replicant. Um, and to occasionally put it in in red. And that was all yeah. both with keeping with the um, iconic opening crawl of Blade Runner, which I think really sticks out in my mind. So that was right. a cool little thing I noticed. I want to throw in there. I would agree. I didn't really notice that the 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 font or typeface was from that era in history, but I it everything felt grounded, like it felt authentic, mm-hmm. it felt lived in, even though it was an anime. It didn't feel new. Nothing felt new. And I'm telling you, there's a couple of scenes where you see a car or a truck driving on a bridge. And you see that yeah. that pyramid pyramid like cityscape in the back. I mean, it's that's a yeah. view we haven't seen before, um, right? And, and it was keeping within the aesthetic of Blade Runner, and it blew my mind. It was I'd like yeah. a, I'd love a poster of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the scene where where Trixie and Loop, Loopy is that his name? Iggy. But the Iggy, Iggy, where Trixie and Iggy are on the truck. <laughs> Loopy. You're the one who's Trixie, Loopy. Trixie <laughs> it's very late. Okay? That's so not Trixie that late. Trixie and Iggy are driving. Out. Actually, it's only 7 o'clock. Yeah. I don't have Liar. <laughs> Trixie and Iggy are driving on the bridge, and um, and they're on the way to go activate their... They're, they're going to go delete the data dump sites, right? And... Um, 
And yeah, that scene is so cool. It's like in silhouette almost against like a bright background, but it's a bright background that looks like some of the shots that we've seen of the desert scapes in 2049. So like, it's like introducing that yellow into the color palette a little bit of our Blade Runner experience. Yes. I think that was, that was really, yeah. Now I have a, a cool shot. I have a question and this might be kind of a dumb question, but in terms of the blackout and the bomb exploding, was there a point to erase all, all records of replicants made so that they could live out their life in peace? Was that the point? I thought, well, yeah, you know, I was wondering that too. I thought it had. I thought I'll have to rewatch it, but I think the idea was just to shut down the city. Um, I, I think it's like a backlash against the against humanity. But uh, there might have been, yeah, there might have been more t- to it in terms of you know trying to erase records and things like that. But uh, I thought it was just a way to really, um, you know, kind of get back at at humanity for, you know, um, by, by destroying kind of like their, everything they rely on, you know, in terms of, you know, technology and things like that. But I don't know, but yeah, they're, I'll have to rewatch it. But. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause, uh, trick, uh, tricky. Oh my God. What's his name? Iggy. Iggy. Iggy says, uh, that it was part of a, uh, that his eyes were opened on um on that planet right when he was fighting and he, and he took the eye down of the guy who had fallen over and there was a serial number in there and he realized it was a nexus so it seems like he was doing it out of retribution there might have been a deeper um meaning behind it that jamie you're probably completely correct about right um but i, I don't think that they talk about it that explicitly it, it seems like they just want to bring humanity to its knees right? yeah yeah well I, I was curious too like okay so they chose los angeles um and there, of course, it's a big fallout. It's a big nuclear fallout. And I just was thinking, well, what's the point of this? Okay, so maybe they want to bring humanity to their its knees, but it also, you know, you know, as we can see based off of images from 2049, the Tyrell building is still there. Um, this happened in a certain point. I don't know if it was a registry building. Um, and I need to watch it again. I feel like I keep missing something or what, but I'm just trying to figure out what are they trying to explode? Is it just, because if, even if they start making new replicants, which obviously we know that they have, you know, because of 24 yeah, years, later, right, 10 years um, later, there's a whole probably new registry and, uh, a new way to keep track of what they're making and, you know, what the, who these people are that they're making or whatever, whatever the, the androids are. Um, so I just was trying to figure out the overall, uh, the usefulness of of the explosion. So I guess it's a mystery that we'll see later on. And they might talk more about it. They'll probably talk a little bit more about it in the in the actual film. Um, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. I remember uh, another thing that really stuck stuck out about me was the sound effects in the in the um, in the short. And it was this uh, maybe because I had it cranked up, but I was just like fully immersed like every gunshot every voice everything was just very visceral and very uh, yeah the sound design yeah. is great yeah yeah you're right so. and you know what was cool too in the beginning that chaotic scene where there's like this insurgency happening in the streets like you were talking about mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show yeah um, you notice how the soundtrack was just like a jazz drummer yeah oh Wasn't that yeah. Cool? yeah it was a very cool choice and it reminded me a lot of the soundtrack to um uh michael keaton playing an old superhero oh my god what is it called uh Birdman in your episode, but yeah, yeah, Birdman, yeah. Um, how, how how the soundtrack to that was entirely just a one single drummer. Remember that? Um, oh no, it, it that was, cool was to see that played out short. Was that Bert? That wasn't Bert. Was it Birdman? Was that the name of the movie I he think was that in? Was Birdman. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. The was, Iñárritu film, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the role he played in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, oh, I did. Right. Get <laughs> 
that's a different movie. <laughs> I, well, I know, right. but, no, but I thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, what I love about these shorts though is they hint, they might hint at some things that might connect to the film, but it gives a, gives us no knowledge of what we're going to see. Like we still don't know anything more than we know based off the trailers for twenty forty nine. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I, this is for me to be this close to a film and not know, like when we were close to Alien Covenant, I knew, I mean, I, yeah. I, I knew quite a bit. Um, this close to, I mean, Covenant or uh, 2049 is next, I'll go see the film next Thursday. And I know nothing except. It's a week from today as yeah. we record this. Yes, sir, yeah. it is. So, a week from today. A week from today. So we'll have a reaction episode, everyone, a week from today. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope to at least. Maybe we can do some type of video feed too. You'll be home. You'll be back in the states, so it'll be easier, uh, Patrick. It will. And, and 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 this is something that we've been talking a little bit about, and we're really excited. So so we're actually serious about about this. We're hoping to do something celebratory or incredibly depressing. We'll see how this movie comes out. <laughs> but something shortly after it releases. We're trying. So my my. So I'm going to get home basically right uh, in time to attend an advanced screening of it on Thursday night. You guys are going to try to see it at the same time so that our time zones work out. And then we're all going to get out of this movie late at night and hopefully be celebrating and ready to record something maybe the next day. Um, something with even like a live video thing on YouTube. or so. We're kind of trying to figure this out. But um, but but all of the enthusiasm that you've been hearing from us leading up to this is going to um, really propel us into this into this release because this is a big moment for all of us. We want to really capture it. So so be on the lookout. And if you have, if you have as, you know, feel free to reach out to us um, on Facebook or, uh, you know, shoot us a message or something. But um, we, we do want to do something special to commemorate the release of this film. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a good segue into kind of our next segment. This isn't going to be a, 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 that long of an episode, but uh, we felt like with Blackout and with a lot of the reactions that we're seeing that we needed to kind of cover those. So let's get into that. Let's get into um, what reactions and maybe I'll pull them up on my screen right now. Um, and we can read some of them and just kind of, you know, they're very short, but they're also very loaded. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like maybe we could just kind of talk about what we're reading. Um, this Ryan, would you be interested in reading? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me just pull up uh, the review thing I posted. Um, if I can find it. Oh, here we go. All right. So uh, we have one from Eric Davis, and he says uh, Blade Runner 2049 is a sci-fi masterpiece, the kind of deep-cut genre film we don't see anymore. Visually mind-blowing, absolutely fantastic. Um, We have another one from Jenna Bush. Um, She says um, Blade Runner 2049 was one of the most mind-blowing films I've seen. It's breathtaking and transportive. Denis Villeneuve has a masterpiece. Um, and uh, next one, Jordan Hoffman. Good news, Blade Runner 2049 is a terrific continuation and expansion of the original. Wasn't hoping for much, ended up loving it, even Leto. Um, and uh, really, it just um, review after review is just uh, it's like that. It's it's breathtaking. It's mind blowing. It's beautiful. It's uh, and that's just all across the board. Um, so nothing but you know incredible praise for this movie so far. So, um, and uh, and Jordan Hoffman, who you just mentioned, I think he writes 
for the Guardian too. So he's like a pretty high up uh, mm-hmm. movie critic, film critic, which is which is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I was reading um, um, in terms of uh, someone said somewhere saying, you know, these these reviews for this film are coming from all kind of points of the spectrum. And there's a lot of people who will review a film and a lot of these people or some of these people who are reviewing the film and have these glowing reviews are really, uh, they're unmerciful when it comes to film reviews and they're being blown away by this film. So that says quite a bit to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to read this one piece by, um, someone posted it on Reddit and then I posted it to our page. Again, it's spoiler free. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want the movie spoiled for myself, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. Um, and I'll just read this piece briefly. And uh, this is a, it's about three and a half paragraphs, and uh, it's pretty, it's quite a bit. So let me read that. It says, uh, "Blade Runner twenty forty nine is great and bold. All you fans can definitely sleep well and get excited for the premiere." There is still an embargo Mm. on plot spoilers and full reviews, but I can say this. If you love the original Blade Runner, you will almost certainly love Blade Runner 2049, which is almost like a miracle. 2049 does not slavishly copy the original in any way. It takes its universe and themes, extrapolates them 30 years into the future, and shows (laughs) us a new story, which which is absolutely meant for today's viewer and yet smoothly incorporates themes, characters, and archetypes from the original. I quite like Star Wars Episode Seven, but Blade Runner 2049 does something similar infinitely better. There are wow. No, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. There are no... Wow. Yeah, I, this is amazing. There are no stupid jokes. There are no unnecessary action sequ- scenes. The pacing is intentionally very slow, but subjectively, the movie doesn't feel longer than the original. Although, objectively, it, it, it is by 40 minutes or so. And whatever happens on the screen, there is always something to look to look at or listen to. No spoilers about the plot, but I'd say that 2049 theories I read online, all of them are wrong. At least very incomplete. There are wow. Radi- yeah. There are radical spoilers that happen in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. And even in the opening crawl, which, as far as I can tell, are not yet publicly known. The best, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that everything in the plot sort of clicks together without losing all the mystery and without explaining everything. The knowledge of the original Blade Runner is necessary to get nuances of all the scenes, and it will still take a bit of thinking to put all the bits and pieces together, even if you remember Blade Runner by heart. That It's really kind of a miracle. This, exp- this expensive blockbuster with hundreds of complex visual effects really demands intelligent and curious viewer, a, a, an intelligent and curious viewer, and presents him with a very personal story of one young officer. It takes no compromises to appease the mass audience. That's a very bold, that's very bold from Scott slash Villeneuve, and I applaud them for that, although I'll give most of the credit to Villeneuve. Um, <laughs> um, um, lastly... Was that, was that your editorialization? Yes, that was, was my... That was, my that, was, that, was the, that was a footnote. Yeah, that was my footnote. I'm sorry, I've just, I've just lost so much respect. Um, I'm afraid I can't say more than more at this point. In fact, if you want to fully enjoy 2049, I'd urge you to ignore all reviews and just wait until you see oh, it. Man. And then see it again. There is really no way to say anything about the plot at this time without going into spoiler territory. Also, ignore trailers. Ignore the trailers, which are understandably constructed to appease the mass audience and don't match the atmosphere of the movie. And very interesting. Um, for the soundtrack fans, the music is definitely not your standard Zimmer. Wallfish and Zimmer were certainly inspired by Vangelis, but did not copy him. And for the purists, there is important bits of Vangelis' music present. To prove that I am not a fake, the first line of dialogue is, I hope you don't mind me taking the liberty. 
that's a that's a fucking review. Wow, that's crazy! <laughs> oh my god, I'm freaking out over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so, oh man, I, we have, we still have seven days left before oh, we can see. I'm gonna yeah. lose my mind. I know six of which I'm thing. working, and then I had to switch days so I could be off on Thursday because I had to close. I was like, fuck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just incredible. Wow. What? What? A, what? A, who? Who did that again? Uh, let me see. Just no, on Reddit. It just read it. I don't. I don't. I didn't get the uh, the Reddit user's name. Um, wow. I should probably go back and check that. But I screenshot it real quick because I thought maybe this might be taken down. You know. Um, yeah. So I just felt like that's a really good overview of a film that so many of us. I, I just feel like it's it's. He's not going like whoa, but he's saying yes, this is amazing, and get ready for it. And this. Yeah. Is, he's saying, hold on to your hold on to yourselves. This is going. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Be prepared for it. I can't wait. I feel like you know. It's I've like... actually been specifically looking for bad. But go ahead. No, go ahead. I've been specifically looking for bad tweets about it. You know, based on those early reviews that came in, I, I, I was actually looking for them, and I found nothing. I found one that said, "Let me." Let me That's probably the one that one. I read. Uh, so this is. This is by Simon Thompson. In case anybody wants to follow him on Twitter, he said, "I've seen hashtag Blade Runner twenty forty nine." Uh, I looks amazing. I'm probably it. Characters and performances are strong, stays true to the original, but there are flaws. And then uh, if you go to the Twitter history, um, you have about 400 people asking him, what are the flaws? What are the flaws? You know, and he <laughs> says, um, I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, and so then everybody's saying that they don't believe him. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I think the fact that it, that the fact that I had to search for a review that even that said four great things about it. And then had one acknowledgement that there were flaws in it at the very end, I think says a lot about this movie. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and I am going to really say personally on Monday. I think you're right. I think we need to just pull ourselves back, get ready, hold on to our butts and be prepared for this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this, I think th- this is really going to be the last podcast for shoulder of Orion that we're going to record until, you know, we, the movie comes out and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm doing the same. And I, I, I read that review as well or that, that kind of impression. And you said there are flaws. And I thought, you know what, really, in what film are there not flaws? In what great films are there not flaws? I mean, in The Dark Crystal, which I see, I consider to be a masterpiece, um, uh, there's a scene where you can see Jim Henson's head uh, walking with a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, and I just noticed this uh, probably last year. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and there, and there he was. You haven't even seen oh it. Oh my yet. god! Uh, no, I, I saw it last. You did weekend. Okay, you didn't even tell yes. me. That's, yeah. a re- that's a revelation. I, I know, I know. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, okay. It's been very busy lately. You're like, yeah, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just, what film are, you know, even in the original Blade Runner, I mean, as I, I'd have to really look and think, okay, are there flaws in this film? But even if there are flaws in the original Blade Runner, which I'm sure there are, it doesn't matter because the story and the, the acting and the script and everything uh, coalesces to something beautiful and grand, and it doesn't matter. Which, which, like, I mean, a, a, there, there is a very big difference, and I think we all need to remember this. There's a very big difference between a great film and a perfect film. They are not the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You can have, you can have a movie that is is unimpeachably well made. Everything's done perfectly. It's got a great story. It's got great, but but something ineffably is off 
about it, right? Yeah. There are many examples of this. Some movies that everybody watches and they say, "Oh, it's like a perfect sculpture," but for some reason, I don't, I don't, you know, love it. Um, but 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 great movies often have flaws in them that make them more interesting, that mm -hmm. make them more human, yeah. right? Yeah. And so 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 if if we go into this movie and and we are waiting for a perfect film, that's going to ruin the whole thing. We should go in there expecting to be presented with something that we're going to have to think about and re-engage with over time and over years and over dreams and over memories and over conversations with friends and come back to year in and year out with different appreciations of having seen things from different angles, having rethought it from our different life experiences yeah. as we get older. Like this is a movie that we will hopefully grow up alongside as we progress forward in our mm -hmm. own lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it seems like it's going to be that movie. It seems like it's an interesting human film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, really and that's what uh, Villeneuve excels at i mean he tells human stories um yeah. and uh, I, i'm thinking about prisoners and how uh you both of you have seen prisoners right mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah and how hugh jackman in the beginning of prisoners he's this grieving father just beside himself and we are with him and we feel what he's feeling and then by three quarters of the film we're like fuck this guy spoiler you know well, yeah. I didn't say it. I didn't say what happens. But, <laughs> right. um, but seriously, though, I mean, his character, you're at, the, at this point, you're like, you're no good. You're no more better than the people you're accusing. You know, right. why, are, why are you all of a sudden better? Because you have pain in your life, you know? Right. Um, right. So he ends up becoming what he's, you know, and it was, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And Villeneuve really had the, he had the skills to tell that story of, of kind of the darkness of humanity. And, yeah. uh, and the goodness of humanity at the same time um, and how how we can be we're so you know our our the the need to do what's right or, or, or the impetus or the that that thing in all of us that we want to do the right thing at least hopefully it's in all of us maybe not all of us um, th <laughs> th that can that can push us to, to kind of go to an extreme if we're not careful and so we become what we what we despise um, but yeah. we think we're doing the right thing so we think we have permission anyways yeah. I don't want to get too far into it but really I, I think that those are some of the themes of Blade Runner um, and uh, to go back to an earlier point uh, about Blackout just as we talk about this it's very interesting how they're showing humans treat replicants and they're, you know, hitting their, you know, they're beating them up and they're, you've seen them hanging by nooses and it's, it's pretty, um, yeah. it's pretty visceral stuff. And even though we know that these are androids, we have an emotional, re at least I did, I had an emotional reaction to it, to seeing that, you know, because sure. it's, it's, it's sure. still violence and it's still destroying something that's been created, you know, mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey, but before we go, I uh, want to wish a happy birthday to our co-host, Ryan, yes. who uh, will be turning, I think, I think four years old tomorrow, or four or five years old, I don't know. He'll Something be very young. He'll be 45 tomorrow. That will be, uh, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be 300 years old tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so happy, happy early birthday, man. I hope, yes, uh, yeah, I hope that uh, 2049 is a great late birthday present for you. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it will be, but yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, now I'm really looking forward to it, and uh yeah, I mean, uh, not well. Before to the movie, and you know, also my birthday, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and to your, and to your birthday, whatever. <laughs> Forget the movie; it's about my birthday. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, there's just so much, uh, so much excitement I have for this film, and uh, really, because I'm just a, a huge Villeneuve fan, and uh, I just know that. 
there's no way he would have taken on this project if he didn't didn't really believe he he could make something really compelling and um, really authentic and uh, just amazing out of it. And uh, yeah, so it just all these rave reviews and these short films that give you some but don't really give anything away at the same time. It just it's all been done just so very well and carefully and uh, I just uh, I just have a lot of uh, I feel like I'm going to have really high expectations going in and that this movie is going to blow even those away so yeah, yeah I man. hope so and, yeah. I, and before we leave I, I just want to kind of back up a little bit as we talk about impressions of the film and uh, I try to kind of balance myself because uh, as many of you know people who listen to this podcast Ryan and Patrick and I also do Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. And as again, as many of you know, yeah, as many of you know, uh, Alien Covenant came out in May, and uh, there was a lot of hype and build up, and there were short films, and uh, they showed Alien in theaters, and they showed scenes, and they showed some scenes to the press uh, back in March, I believe, um, April and March, and uh, there. Their um, reactions were very like, whoa, this is like truly alien territory. Really right. positive mm-hmm. reactions. Mm-hmm. However, the difference is they didn't show them the whole film. They showed them scenes. The same scenes that were shown to us, uh, to the you know the regular public, um, on Alien Day, which many of us went and saw Alien, including myself. And the scenes mm-hmm. that they showed mm-hmm. us were truly alien. They were truly horrific and grotesque and full of tension and um, atmosphere, and they were amazing. Um, for many of us, uh, we'll exclude Patrick from this. Uh, Not all. <laughs> um, for many of us, the film didn't live up to the hype whatsoever. And uh, even though th- those scenes, and for, for a lot of us, the first hour was really gripping and really amazing. The second hour became something completely different. I'm not saying it's bad. It just didn't, it didn't resonate for a lot of us. And so we felt a little bit let down. Even though... Ryan and I were really excited and we're really, we're like, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be, we yeah. just feel it. We just feel it. Um, and it wasn't um, for us, for our experience. Um, so I think about that to kind of temper my reaction or my expectations for yeah. um, 2049. At the same time, there's a completely different filmmaker involved in this who has a track record of never making a bad film. Even if it's a film that people don't connect with, um, uh, he has not made a bad film. His films are heartfelt and subtle and intricate and complicated and full of emotion and character and everything. Um, that's not to say that Blade Runner 2049 might completely falter in those areas. Um, but also, the press has seen the film from beginning to end. With Covenant, they didn't. Covenant, they showed them these certain scenes, probably the biggest spoiler scene from the film, and they plastered those scenes everywhere. So on Alien Day, the biggest scenes, the biggest moments of tension from that film, they showed in the theater. It's like they gave it all away. It's like they it's like they yeah. just... And the promotion for Alien Covenant gave everything away um, before the movie even came out, which is very different than what the promotion they're doing for 2049, which we... No next to nothing except for, okay, there's a new Blade Runner. His name is Officer K. He discovers something. We don't know what that is. There's people on the yeah. trail, and he goes look for Deckard. That's kind of all we know. Um, and it looks really good, and it's made by really great people. Um, so yeah. uh, that's why with these these impressions that I'm reading from on Twitter and on Reddit – I'm believing a little bit more. I have a little bit more hope in. I have a little bit more trust in because I feel like they have full knowledge of a film. They've seen the film from beginning to end. They know 
you know, they're, they're speaking from that balance of that as opposed to, oh, no, those are great scenes. Alien Resurrection had a great scene in it, you know, or two. Yeah. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there just for the sake of balance, that even with all of what we're reading, my, I'm still nervous it's to, some, yeah. to some degree. So I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I'm pretty much uh, fully optimistic about it. I mean, I know I was uh, – I know same with, with you, Jamie. I was uh, – let down by covenant um even though i went in with you know super high expectations and, and optimism um but uh, even with that i just feel um it's more my my trust in in denny villeneuve and his track record and uh his resume and just everything i've seen from him has just been outstanding and uh and i really feel like he's uh i i just I just know he's hit like another home run, you know, just, uh, and I, and I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I just, I don't, I feel like it's going to be, uh, an amazing experience and one of my favorite films of the year. And I, I really don't have any hesitation in believing that. So awesome. Uh, yeah. What about you, Patrick? I'm going to love it. I'm ready to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Really All am. right. All right. And uh, last, last but not least, one snippet of info that came out in an interview that uh, Villeneuve was doing with some type of outlet, you know, about 2049. The guy straight up asked him. So I want to talk about the score. I know that you've worked with Johan Johansson before, but he exited the project. Yes. Yes. So you, can you tell me what happened? There? The thing I will say is that uh, uh, making a movie is a laboratory. It's really like a, a artistic process. And it's not, you cannot plan things, you cannot... Uh, and Johan Johansson is a, one of my favorite composers alive today. He's a very strong artist. But uh, I, the movie needed something different and I uh, needed to f go back to something close, close, closer to Vangelis, I will say. And, and uh, Johan and I decided that uh, I will need to go in another direction. That's what I will say. But he, again, I hope I will have the chance to work with him again because I think he's a really a fantastic composer. And that was that. Uh, that yeah. was his reaction to it. It was yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, and he wasn't rude or, you know, or, or curt or he just was very matter of fact about it. Yeah. He said he wanted to work with them again, too. Yeah. He yeah. hoped to. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he will. I mean, they've been collaborating together for a decade, but but I, I I mean, it's important to remember that that could also just be could also just be spin. You know, we, we really I don't know. I mean, we've been getting such strange mixed messages about that situation yeah. for I, such a long time yeah. that, uh, I mean, I have no idea. It, it, it might have been amicable. It might not have been. I'm assuming it was. Um, and it might have been because of deadlines. It might have been because of aesthetic styles, proclivities, or it might have been nothing, you know? I think it was probably yeah. studio pressure, to be honest with you. I think the studio yeah, was, that's, was that's probably getting too. a little bit nervous, saying, you know what? I don't, they're hearing some things and they're like, okay, this is great, but we don't, we're, we're not sure that this is very Blade Runner. We're not sure if this is right. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering if we heard the theme that one of the themes that he wrote in the, that first initial trailer. It's a very kind of electronic, and you see that. That's no, thing. no, because that's that's more of a, a riff off the original. But there's this mm -hmm. -na 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 -na, um, as as Officer K is walking down the street, and that's my horrible impression. Uh oh of that. yeah, um, right, yeah. right. Uh, I was, and, and, and it sounds a little bit like what uh, uh, Johansson does, um, and it was a great sound, but it wasn't that memorable. Like it didn't. It wasn't like for lack of better terms, rapturous. And I feel like uh, a lot of the music in the original is rapturous. And it's not just rapturous yeah, it to be, and but it's, it's character. A lot of the music in, 
a lot of the music in Blackout actually was 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 pretty good. I I really like the score to that short a lot, mm-hmm. and it kind of echoed the original. I was I was actually very struck by that the quality of the music in Blackout. I have to look up who did that, but it reminded me a lot of the original. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I, it was set so it's set like what 2022 so what is that three years after the original mm-hmm. so the aesthetic is going to be very similar and obviously you know there were scenes that we spoke about patrick uh that were a direct homage or recreation of the original blade runner and it was spot on i mean for anime yeah. it, uh, it was just amazing just i gotta watch it on my bigger screen just to kind of get take it all in again but uh it was pretty amazing yeah yeah mm-hmm. totally so uh maybe we will release one more episode before uh before um, the release of the film, um, just because there is going to be other stuff coming out, maybe some news. There's a lot of hype. Blade Runner 2049 is everywhere in terms of promotion, um, but yet they're not giving away. Oh, I, oh I, I wanted to tell you guys this. So here, here in England, every single bus that's been—I'm in Oxford right now. I'm going to be in London in a couple of days. Every single bus that goes by has Blade Runner plastered all over the side of it, and it's like amazing. These like awesome. huge <laughs> pictures. And- I put them on our Facebook page. These incredible promotions, and of course, everybody knows I'm obsessed with Blade Runner. So all my colleagues that are here are like, "Oh, did you see it's Blade Runner?" I'm like, "I know, it's amazing. It's everywhere." Like in the states, I saw like basically no promotion for it, um, aside from social media. Here, I mean, it is very physically present. There are billboards. Yeah. People know the references. Yeah. I think in big cities, people um, here at work about it. It's it's very. Yeah. I think in big cities, like Maybe, I, yeah. when I was in Hollywood last week, I went and saw Mother. Um, I mean, Blade Runner was everywhere. I think in big cities, yeah. uh, although where I'm out mm. here, which is like the empire, the Inland Empire, so it's kind of rural sprawl, not rural, but it's kind of urban sprawl. Like it's basically one big um, uh, suburb. suburb. Um, <laughs> there's not really a lot of, I don't really see any posters for Blade Runner, but I think in the big cities, which is where concentrate, it's, you know, it's where the more population is. So of course they're going to promote it right, more. Right, right. And we've seen downtown uh, New York City, I think someone showed some photos in Blade Times Runner. Square. Times Square. It's everywhere. <clears throat> Times Square, yeah. Um, I yeah. wish there was a better I, poster. I gotta but... say, in Boston, there's nothing in Boston. Oh. Really? Um, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not a big city. I don't know. We'll see, uh, <laughs> kind of argument about that. No, well, I, I don't see, see any. There was, it's no, everywhere no. in Worcester, so no I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. Oh, uh, one yeah, other so, so thing. Maybe, Go maybe ahead. Do one more episode, but yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna say, it, it, no matter what, it'll be short but loaded. Yeah. If we do one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're used to that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I noticed something else. <laughs> I noticed something else about uh, the just promotion, or uh, oftentimes, and I think maybe we discussed this before, Patrick, but I'm not really sure. The soundtrack, there's no re- release date yet. There's it's nowhere to be mm-hmm. found on iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. And also, there's a book called "The Art and Soul of Blade Runner 2049," and yes. you can, if you dig on Amazon.com, the U.S. site, you can find something about it. Um, but I, they're really keeping this stuff under wraps. I've, this is unprecedented. I've never seen yeah. this kind of secrecy around a film before, and it, it, I it, love it. I do too, and it really it makes me. It makes me really appreciate the the marketing department. They know what they're doing, aside from that horrible poster. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're they're really taking their time, and they're realizing, hey, we cannot spoil this film, so we cannot release this stuff early. We can't release, um, you know, we can't show what the soundtrack looks like because of probably the spoilers and titles, you know. Um, yeah. And again, to reference 
Alien Covenant, and, it's, and also it was been, it's also other films. It's not just Alien Covenant. It was with Prometheus. It's with a bunch of other films. They released that soundtrack two weeks before. You get you can get the book the week before. Um, everything's kind of spoiled. The, the promotion just kind of spoils it all um, because I think they're just so untrusting that they're going to have a you know an audience uh, for their film and they want the film to do well. So they just give it they give it all away right away. The only other film that I see doing this is The Last Jedi. There's nothing. There's nothing about The Last Jedi. I'm not even really excited about there, it. There is nothing. And, and the, the tiny things that have, have come out, people like Mark Hamill have uh, said, don't check that. Don't look into it. Like, don't watch the movie. Like, avoid it. Yeah. Which is nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all on this boat now because we're so saturated with information all the time that we kind of all feel like, you know, enough's enough. Like, we, we, we don't have to have it spoiled yeah. by every right. single available media outlet. You know? yeah. Which is funny to say that because here we are making a freaking podcast about this thing. So, you know, I mean, I guess... <laughs> but no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, right. No spoilers. But when this thing comes out, oh, we will spoil the shit out of it. Oh us. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think our even our first reaction. Well, maybe our first reaction if we have our video cameras on and we're going to record, we can just talk about our impression and not spoil it. And then the next episode, we can just discuss in-depth spoilers. What do we think? Let's break this down. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. at that rate, uh, unless you guys have anything else to discuss, I would say that that's a wrap. Mm -hmm.